This show is presented in part by Dodge. Domestic, not domesticated. Auto News. Exclusive interviews. Real world test drives. It's your turn to step into the driver's seat. This is The Drive. Now, here's automotive expert, television and radio host, Alan Taylor. Well, hey, everybody. Welcome to another week of car antics, automotive and mechanical um, misguided doings. I don't know, whatever you want to call it. It's more than just cars for me anymore. But uh, I've always been kind of a mechanical guy. I just like mechanical things. Stephen Cole Smith joining us. Automotive journalist, motorsports expert. He works with Auto Week, Grassroots Motorsports, Haggerty, and Car and Driver. And, of course, here with us at The Drive. So, Steve, I heard, first of all, I heard you went to the F1 race in Miami, and it seems like everybody I knew was there that was in the car world except me. And it's because I was dealing with other things, of course. I would have gone. I was invited. No, I wasn't. But anyway, I would have. Well, no, I was. It's a Miami. It's close to you. It's a long way for me. But how are you doing? Yeah, here, What's going on? It's a, it's a pretty long way for me. It's about a four and a half hour, five hour drive, making all the rest stops the way that I did on the way back because I was exhausted. But uh, it was a pretty amazing race. But I tell you, uh, you got to redo your, your uh, intro you are an automotive expert, but you got to add tractors. You got to say automotive and tractor expert. Um, Dan, every time I get on Facebook, you're buying another tractor. You're buying a low boy trailer. Yeah. You are, my friend, a midlife crisis in reverse. You know, you have had all the cars. You had your Shelby. You had a Supra. You had a, a Viper. You've had all kinds of stuff, and you right. sold that, and you're buying tractors now. I don't really understand where that's going, but I understand it. I mean, I there's a show on RFD, the uh, Country Network, called Classic Tractor Fever. Oh, yeah. And you got to be on there, man. <laughs> you have got to be. They've got to have Alan Taylor on that uh, show. You know what's funny, though? Think about it, Steve. First of all, I understand that uh, I'm not the only one on this radio show right now that has a tractor, because I know you have one, too. I have an International Harvester 184. See? I... I yes, I I've had a couple Shelby's and the last one I sold, I sold it because my heart wasn't in it for a few minutes there cuz COVID lost both my parents and I was I I I lost my uh my my mojo, my groove. I lost it for a couple of minutes and I thought I don't even want this car. So I I put it on classiccars.com, the, the autohunter.com, the the auction site and I sold I made money on it. I sold it. I sold it for 115 grand. I made money. The car only had a window sticker of 79 or something. So, wow. yeah, I sold it. And I was telling my wife, I said, you know, we've got a couple of acres here. We need a tractor. So, anyway, I bought a tractor. And then, you know, I live in Oregon. And in Oregon, there's been a lot of pot growers and pot being sold forever. And then all of a sudden, everywhere, they're growing pot on the top of the roof and inside the, you know, the living room of houses. And they, everywhere, they're growing pot. <laughs> and so then they started cracking down on it when the cartel started coming in. And these tractors and heavy equipment and stuff is for sale by all these pot growers or the landlords of the places where it had been abandoned and these auctions and 
I'm an auction guy at heart. I mean, I, I've been to thousands of auctions in my life, uh, especially, you know, I mean, I work with Barrett Jackson, but so I start buying some stuff and I'm like, man, that's a good deal. Well, well that's a good deal. So yes, I, I've been buying tractors and now I had to buy a big giant 40 foot, you know, equipment hauling trailer and, but yeah, but remember this Lamborghini tractors, Ferrari yeah. tractors. I mean, you know, come yeah. on. I'm not the only car guy that loves tractors, right? Yeah, so. the Porsche's uh, tractor. Porsche. You know, they had that, yeah. uh, they, they've they've uh, got that in the uh, a couple of museums that I've been to. They've got Porsche's yeah. tractors, which are still good-looking vehicles. Yeah, and the other thing is that, you know what, and, and I, I got some cows again. I saw an ad, and I went to look, and I thought I'd buy a few cows. It'd be kind of fun, put it on the back of the property there. I ended up buying all the guy's cows, and he had a llama. I'm like, what are you going to do with that llama? He's like, I don't know. I go, throw the llama in on the deal. And then he had a, a sheep dog, and I'm like, what about your dog? And he goes, you want my dog too? I'm like, yeah, I want the dog. And how about the hay? 700 bales of hay. I ended up buying all this stuff, and all of a sudden, I'm a rancher. You know? I'm glad you didn't meet his wife. <laughs> I did meet his wife, but I'm already married, and I'm happy with my wife, so I might have bought her. Um... We'll take a little break. We'll come back. Stephen Cole Smith was in Miami for the F1 race. We'll find out about that. I do love tractors, and I, I, I love my cows. And I said, you know, I made a funny meme, cow and driver. I know you work for car and driver, as did I. Yeah. But uh, they didn't think it was so funny. We'll take a break and be right back. Stay with us. Never mind an SMS. What you need is a sweet caress. Everybody want to talk too much. Shopping cars online is a hassle, or is it? You probably search this site, that site, browse here, search there. Who has the time or the patience? Autotempest.com is the Internet's best car shopping tool. With one easy search, see all the cars from the web's top car shopping sites all at once. Why browse some of the cars when Autotempest.com gives you everything? Autotempest.com. All the cars, one search. Well, you're listening to The Drive all across America and around the world because of the Internet. And um, I, I posted my newest tractor, by the way, Stephen Cole Smith joining us. Uh, I said, I can't help, you know, I have a love affair for Italian machines because I bought a New Holland. New Holland tractors are made in Italy. And so it is an Italian machine, of course. But uh, forget about tractors for now. Let's talk about F1 Miami. Evidently a pretty exciting race. Tell us about it. Well, the the race itself wasn't all that exciting. It was the event that made it. It's kind of like going to the Super Bowl, and, you know, it's a 20-point 20, 20 blowout, and everybody still comes away saying it's a great game because of the halftime show. Right. They turned Miami Dolphins Stadium, Hard Rock Stadium, into a racetrack, and I did a story about a year ago where I went and drove through the parking lot and thought this is where the track's going to be. I knew the layout. Now that this is going to be the most boring thing in the world. I mean, they're just going to drive around. They're going to go to one pylon. They're going to go to another pylon. But Stephen Ross and the guys uh, down there managed to turn the whole thing basically into Monaco. I mean, they had a fake marina where they buried some boats out there, and they had people on the yachts, and they (laughs) painted water around them so it would look like Monaco or St. Petersburg, Long Beach. All the great races are right there on the ocean where you can see Roger Penske's yacht. This time, it was just an amazing event. The 
number of uh, of celebrities they had, the A-list people, the B-list, the C-listers were there. The D-listers may have been, but nobody paid any attention to them. Right. But uh, it was, uh, I tell you, it was a three-day weekend where you can get a bargain ticket for the three-day weekend for $1,200 or $640 for race day, and they were sold out. Wow. Wow. I said, how was it? You said, well, I spent all my time in the media center and watched it on TV. (laughs) Yeah, well, that's not unusual. I mean, there's a few tracks like Daytona, a couple others where you can see the track from the media center, but even some really good tracks like Sebring. I mean, you can do the entire race at Sebring and never see a car because you're sequestered off somewhere with a bunch of televisions and they did where the places from you from where you can see the race are too valuable to put reporters right right you know those that's the boxes that's the hospitality tents but they can stick us back somewhere in a double wide and you know we don't have any choice in the matter right but normally with nascar i at least get to look out and and walk the pits and walk through the garages but you really can't even do that with uh with uh, Formula One. You can do the grid walk, but you're out there in a sea of people. So I managed to cover the entire race without actually seeing a lap completed in its entirety. Mm. Who's got the best media center? It seems to me like the best one I've seen, and I've not been to races like you have, but the Indianapolis Motor Speedway has a fantastic media center. They got a great one. You can see the track, sort of, but I like Daytona's tower media center you can see the entire track even the 24 hours from up there Ah. but a lot of people including me will stick ourselves in the media center down on ground level because they have interviews in there they have a lot of stuff going on while the race is going on Mm. and you can't see anything from there but i like daytona's lama has a pretty good one that's got wide open glass all the way down the track and you can crank open one of the old windows and and you can do that until the people around you complain that they can't hear what's going on. Right. All they can hear is race cars, yeah. which is what I thought you were supposed to go listen to, but apparently I'm in the minority. Yeah, well, you know, some people are there <sighs> working for the few minutes so they can say they were working, and then they go home and they uh, you know, write their story later on, I guess, but you are actually, you're like the guy that's in the thick of everything. And it's talking about another racetrack I was at one time was the NHRA Pomona racetrack there where the media center literally looks right straight down the track. Are all NHRA tracks like that? Everyone I've been to has got a good view. Um, The one in Texas, the one in Gainesville, it's fantastic. You can just sit there and watch it, but you know, they're just going in a straight line. They're not going around. Right, right. You don't need a lot of, of range of vision. But yep. you're right. That's one of the reasons I love the NHRA is because you can sit and watch and watch every race if you want to and still do your job. Yeah, exactly. So who ended up winning on that? And we got to take a break and come back and continue conversation. It was Max Verstappen, who's had a really bad week or two. And the little guy is very intense. He's very young. And I wrote that you bet against a pissed off Max for stopping at your peril. 
and he passed the two Ferraris, and it was him and the two Ferraris on the podium from, uh, it was the top three cars, ended up finishing the top three. So not a lot of passing for the lead, but it was still a pretty good race back in the, the mid-pack. All right, hang tight. We'll talk more. Stephen Colesmith got a lot to talk about from the world of motorsports and the auto industry. This is The Drive. Be right back. I'm trying to please to the calling of your heart's why should you trust Brembo Brakes? Because 60 years of racing, testing, braking, and bettering. Because dogs in the road, indecisive squirrels, and that kid chasing the lost ball. Because tiny humans in the back seat and blind turns in front of you. Because every car should be equipped with the same kind of performance, safety, and comfort that manufacturers and professional drivers trust every day. Visit buybrimbo.com and learn more about the most trusted brakes in braking. Welcome back to The Drive. Now, here's your host, Alan Taylor. And our show is brought to you in part by Subaru. Love. It's what makes Subaru, Subaru. Stephen Cole Smith joining us, Auto Week, Grassroots Motorsports, Haggerty, and Car and Driver. He is the the reporter with the most, the host with the most. And, uh, and I have a Subaru. I have a WRX that showed up today. I can't oh, wait to drive it. Nice. Yeah, I finally started getting some uh, media cars again because there was a few months where it was just a dry spell. They didn't have any because of the chip shortages and all the rest. But right. Uh, so it's kind of nice to you know I've been driving this diesel truck a 2012 gmc diesel truck i bought that is it's like i it didn't have a backup camera it was so weird to drive something that doesn't have a backup camera you know something big anyway so i actually right. had to go get one and aftermarket and and put in a stereo with a with a camera on it because you know i mean the thing's got a toolbox behind the cab and then i got a a diesel tank so i can fill my tractors up of course who doesn't and What's diesel going for now? Oh, there. now here I got to tell you, it's five dollars and ninety nine cents. We are oh, right at man. no. It's actually we'll Look. call it six because it's five ninety nine and nine tenths. Six yeah. bucks. Ugh. Yeah, you're not getting your change back from that six dollar bill. <laughs> right. Okay, we were talking about the F one race in Miami. Any other highlights there you want to talk about before we move on? No, it's just the fact that, that a lot of it is because uh, of the Netflix series uh, about Formula One that has raised the level of popularity, not just in the U.S., but around the world. I'm doing a story on that, too, the uh, the, the need for speed. But Formula One is, I can't say it's back because it was never really here, but it's more popular than ever. I mean, we've got the two races now, Coda. And Miami, we're getting a third race in Las Vegas. There's talk of a fourth race. I think the series is up to 23 races a year now, which is almost NASCAR number. NASCAR's 33, but they don't have to leave the States. It's just really popular. It's just yeah. amazing to go to a Formula One race and see how many people are there and happy to be there and uh, glad to see some of the best drivers in the world. Yeah, that's cool. I'm kind of a little bit bummed that I didn't go. I had a lot of friends that were there. You're one of them. But I just, there was just too many tractors to look at. All right, so. Yeah, I'm glad. It's one of those races where I'm glad I was there. But while I was there, it wasn't that great. Yeah, yeah. Well, I get it because you were, like you said, What's in const in the media center. The, yeah. the media center that I remember when you described 
the uh, the the trailer, you know, that's a trailer. Right. What's the the track? I was thinking it was Laguna Seca, but uh, what's the track in in Carmel? Yeah, that's Laguna Seca. Okay. They had a terrible media center. Was that horrible? Oh my yeah. gosh! It's like you know, it was like a, a, an old nineteen eighty office trailer that was like three stories up. It was terrible, and it's just right, right. The, the, well, they fixed that. They've they've done a lot better now. The the last guy I got to tell you a funny thing. The last guy I interviewed that I felt you know it was like I was glad I was there was a guy named Jim Farley when he yep. was just doing some marketing at his new job at Ford. And he's now the the president, you know. So it's it's kind of neat. And Jim's such a nice guy. Kind of sad. Yeah. Have you heard? And a you know, racer. he races. Oh yeah, uh, a yeah. lot, totally. especially vintage racing. Yeah. Have you heard about how bad their, uh, you know, their their business has been lately? And and I, I wonder. And your thoughts on this is, you know, I wonder if it's some of their decision with what they're doing with the electric cars. I don't know. I, I don't, don't know. I got to tell you, I drove the Lightning. I was at the Lightning uh, reveal in yeah. San Antonio. It's awesome. And we're embargoed, I think, still. I think it's over. No, we're off the embargo now, so I can tell you it's a fantastic vehicle. Yeah. I'm not an electric guy, but I felt pretty much evangelized there. Right. I don't know if that's the right word or not. But, you know, zero to 60 in mid-fours wow. for the base model. You know, they've got the weight down, and it's hard to say down, to about 7,000 pounds right. for the platinum version. Chevrolet is, I think, another 1,000 pounds over that. But the new Lightning is a uh, it's an amazing vehicle, and I think Ford's going to sell everyone they can make. Yeah, when I showed it a year ago on ABC with uh, Kelly and Ryan, it was kind of like a concept, but they unveiled it, New York Auto Show. And then here we are a year later. It's it's now about to come out. When I was standing there looking at the vehicle, I thought, now this is the smartest thing I've seen in a long time. Because yeah. they didn't have to uh, reinvent the truck. It's a truck. It's still a truck. But now you yeah. have a, a front trunk, a frunk. And, and, and that front is amazing. Yeah. I, was, uh, I, I went to the airport with three guys, and I just didn't think about it and put my luggage in the back seat, and they're looking at me like, why are you doing that? And <laughs> all three of our luggages for the trip went in the front. Two or three golf clubs, I mean, you can believe anything you want. Wow. They're all four-wheel drive because all they have to do is just stick a motor between the front wheels. Right. And it it's really good off-road. We took it off-road. I was amazed at what it'll do. It'll It'll afford a two-foot uh, stream. The battery's entirely encased in uh, coolant, and it's it's just an amazing vehicle. They've done a great job. Yeah, I think so. I can't wait to get behind the wheel myself. I haven't driven it yet, but I, from everybody that I've talked to, including you, everybody's giving it major props with a long range, I guess, as well, which is going to take care of that, that range anxiety thing. Although, yeah, 300, 325 miles yeah. is what I saw mostly in the trucks. Yeah, although I still, you know, it's we're so far away from having enough infrastructure to be able to be out on the the road and be able to, you know, stop almost anywhere and go have lunch and have a full charge when you get back out. We'll take a break. Yeah, we'll talk plus more. to toast 10,000 pounds, and where right. are you going to charge it up when you've got a 10,000-pound trailer? Yeah, ex- exactly another good point. All right, we'll take a little break, come back with more Stephen Cole Smith. We'll be right back. Stay with us. Don't it always seem to go that you don't know what you got till it's gone. Now's the time to earn your bragging rights and rule the road in a powerful Dodge vehicle. 
with enough style, horsepower, and performance to make your muscle car dreams come true. It's no wonder J.D. Power named Dodge the number one ranked brand in initial quality and driver appeal for mass market brands. Join the brotherhood and experience the strength of Dodge muscle today. Visit Dodge.com or see your local Dodge dealer for great deals. Tied for initial quality study. For J.D. Power 2020 award information, visit JDPower.com awards. Welcome back to The Drive. Now, here's automotive expert, television and radio host, Alan Taylor. And our show brought to you in part by Dodge, domestic, not domesticated. Still kicking butt, doing really well. I'm glad to see it. Uh, the automakers are struggling because of the chip shortages. But, man, the one good thing is that they're, the, the car lots are kind of empty because people are still buying everything they can build as fast as they can possibly build them. And uh, Stephen Cole Smith joining us. Uh, Steve, I, I ordered a Jeep Gladiator with a diesel engine in it. And right about the time diesel hits six bucks a gallon, which sucks. It should cost <laughs> less than gas, but it doesn't. Yeah. Uh, it's, a, it's a game. But, you know, just a little social engineering going on. But we won't go into that. <laughs> well, diesel, depending on the state you're in, diesel taxes is about 75 cents, and that's about double what gasoline is. So Biden seems completely lost on the whole fuel price thing. He's, you know, it's by far the, the single biggest concern with Americans right now. It says so in the polls, but oh, yeah. he barely mentions it. And Jen Pisaki or whatever her name is, the redhead, I hate to refer to her that, but everybody knows who you're talking about. Right. She's, it's almost like, I don't have to buy gas. Why are you worried about buying gas? Yeah, I know. So uh, I, it just kind of annoys me. Yeah, and I, you know, I'm not completely a Republican, but that's, uh, they're sure pushing me over to that side. Yeah, I remember I interviewed uh, Barbara Walters many, many years ago, in the year 2000, actually, when the, the Toyota Prius came out. And she goes, oh, that's a good idea. They should build those. And I'm like, we're looking at the car right in front of us. I go, they are. It's right there. And it was like... She doesn't drive. She goes, well, I don't drive. And I was like, oh, my gosh. And I'm doing an interview with somebody that doesn't even drive, which I get it. That's It's a talk show, and they want me to be the expert that was there. But I thought it was so funny because there's no um, there's no understanding whatsoever. Like you're talking about, these people get chauffeured around. So they could care less what the price of a gallon of gas cost us, but anyway. Yeah, I did a column for the New York Times uh, syndicate for seven years, a road test column. My editor didn't drive, so I had a guy editing my column who doesn't get behind the wheel. So there's a whole group of people out there that that we tend to forget about that don't drive and don't need to, and a lot of people will just take Lyft and Uber anyway, even if they're not living in Manhattan. So. Yeah, it's it's foreign to them, but it's sure not foreign to us. Goodness gracious. Okay, you said you had a little more motorsports talk about, something about a NASCAR. Joey Logano got booed. What happened? Yeah, Logano tends to be the he's, – he's the bad guy now. <laughs> and they had the Darlington throwback weekend in NASCAR, which was pretty cool because you're supposed to paint your car in tribute to somebody's old car like Richard Petty's old number 43, you know, right. the, the red and orange uh, STP car, that kind of thing. But Logano in the last couple laps booted William Byron, who's one of the most nicest, quiet guys who's already won twice this year, booted him out of the way very unapologetically. 
and uh, went on to win the Darlington race, and they boot him before, and they boot him after. So wow. at least that uh, gives us a good villain in NASCAR to root against. You know what's funny, and I'm sure you've interviewed him. I've interviewed. He's a nice enough guy. Yeah, uh, maybe he's just got the eye of the tiger, man. He wants to win, 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 and then, you know, uh, what do they say? There's a saying. It says, "You want to die as old as you can, as young as you can." Does that make sense? Right. You know right, what I mean? Yeah. So maybe he just wants to get out sooner on top. Does that make sense? Because he's like, he's just very aggressive. Yeah, it especially makes sense now that you need to win a race in order to get into the final chase for the championship. And he won his race. Byron had already won two races this year. So maybe he was thinking, I need to win this race. I'm going to go out and, and knock this kid out of the way. And then I'll give him the next one if it comes around. But I just don't want to hear Logano whine about the next time he gets knocked out of the way because he's definitely got one coming. Yeah. So NASCAR, we've covered F1, a little bit of NASCAR. Anything in the yeah, NHRA? NASCAR's, NASCAR's in Kansas this weekend. It'll okay. be at 3 o'clock Eastern tomorrow. Okay. All right. Have you driven anything interesting lately? Yeah, I got. I had a Maserati Ghibli, which was a, a very cool car. Uh, it didn't really look like a Maserati until you look at the three portholes on the front fender, which is kind of Buick-like, but they're different than the old Buick portholes. Really fun car, a V6 engine, went up, got up and went. Um, $120,000, I'm not sure. I've been Ooh. in some Genesis cars lately that almost rival it in terms of acceleration but the build quality on the uh genesis cars and the especially the the uh 80 series uh suv they're really leading the pack right now i think alan when you said maserati ghibli i haven't heard that word probably in three years at least i didn't even know they were still making the maserati ghibli yeah Hmm, wow. I wonder, wonder how Maserati's doing. It seems like Maserati... Uh, no, it wasn't Maserati. Who is it? Alfa Ashton Romeo. Martin. Alfa Romeo just announced Alpha. a new... They just showed a new... A little SUV. Alfa Romeo. So maybe, you know, they've got to reinvent themselves a little bit. And I think, you know, the Ghibli's a little long on the tooth. I don't know. You know, who knows? But uh, Well, the, the little is cheap. I forgot what you call it. But it's a Fiat. So it may well be uh, uh, part oh, of one of those The Patriot? Platforms. The Patriot? Uh, no, there's one smaller than that. Oh, it's geez. not the Compass. It's the, the, Patriot the, Compass. Uh, the oh. smallest one. Oh, jeez. Well, you know, that, these we're, are... We're these a couple are... of real automotive experts. I know. We can't even name a Jeep. <laughs> Tell you what. Getting old, man. This is oh, getting old. It's too funny. By the way, back to Jeeps for a moment. There was a big story. I don't know if you saw it. It was on Fox News, and I and I and it went by, and it was like... Somebody was killed in a service department by a Jeep. Oh, I didn't see that. But what happened was, because Jeeps are so popular, they used the vehicle. It could have been any vehicle, just so you know. But the story was more that the kid that was doing the oil change and service work on this Jeep, it was a manual transmission, didn't know how to drive a manual transmission, and uh, so he got in the car, he pushed in the clutch, he started the car, and he just lets the clutch out. The car lurches forward, hits one of the guys that's walking in front of the Jeep, smashes him up against uh, the wall. The guy dies, and now it's a Jeep 
that kills a guy instead of a dumb kid that doesn't know how to drive a manual transmission that works in a service department. You wow. see how this is how the, 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 the media twists things because they know Jeeps are really popular. So every yeah. Jeep person has to go, what? And had nothing, yeah, had nothing to do with the Jeep. It had to do with the loose nut behind the, the wheel. You know what I mean? Yeah. So. We just had one of those in Florida. A guy bought a, uh, a seven, I forgot what he paid for. I think about 700000 for a Ford GT. It might have been from Barrett Jackson. Oh, oh, was man. driving it like the first week and tried to downshift a manual transmission and somehow nosed into a palm tree down in Boca Raton <laughs> and blamed the manual transmission. He said, I really don't know how manual transmissions work, but apparently, you know, they cause your oh car to crash. Oh, my gosh. That's so ridiculous. I know. That's the world we're in right now. Oh, yeah, my gosh. Yeah, the WRX is a manual. I'm going to go play with it. Oh, God bless you. Have some fun. Uh, thanks to Stephen Cole Smith for giving us a little update on, on the F1 race and the little NASCAR and just talking cars with us here on The Drive. Thank you, Steve. Thank you, buddy. Always a pleasure. Thank you. Always a pleasure to talk to you. This is The Drive. Some of my uh, favorite people in the world on this radio show talking, well, not tractors, but we'll, we'll, we'll be doing tractor talk one of these days, but cars. That's my second favorite thing right now. We'll be right back. Discover the 2022 Subaru Forester Wilderness, the second member of the Subaru Wilderness family. Featuring 9.2 inches of ground clearance, standard symmetrical all-wheel drive, and all-terrain tires for increased off-road capability, plus a design that's bold and protective at the same time. The Forester Wilderness unlocks a whole new level of adventure. Discover more at Subaru.com wilderness. is The Drive with Alan Taylor. Well, it is uh, hard to follow um, Stephen Cole Smith. There's one person out there that can do it, though. That is my friend BJ Colleen. Usually I put you in front of him, but he had an opening uh, ahead of you. So the guy had so much to talk about, and he, he was in one of his typical funny moods, BJ. So uh, how you doing? I'm fine. Yeah, Steve Cole Smith is one of our favorite people and probably in the top five best automotive writers in the industry. Yeah. There is no doubt. He's a great writer. And I love reading anything he does. Yeah. There's no doubt about it. So, he, And he, he is fun to have on. He's so. made me laugh at things before and think to myself, I wish I had that kind of sense of humor. It's just dry and... But it's still there. I mean, it's there all the way, but dry. It's like the delivery. You know, he's very, very funny. But anyway. Yes, he, um, is. he is. So we talked about a lot, of course, he and I, the F1 stuff, the Genesis, uh, the Maserati Ghibli, which I didn't even know they were making. He asked me about my new tractor, and I know you saw that I've got uh, more coming. Well, let's see. What else was there? Uh, Did you talk about F-150 Lightning at all? A little bit. But, you know, you talked about it a long time ago. And then you said, but I can't tell you anymore. Is there any more you want to talk about since now you can? Well, I can because I did drive it. But I love Ford because they are king of sandbagging. And way back when, you know, Mike Levine is now head of communications for Ford Motor Company. Oh, my gosh. And... He used to be the owner and creator of PickupTruck.com. Yeah, he was one of us. Yeah. 
Yeah, way back when. And so we used to joke around how much Ford loved to sandbag because you know that the out of all the vehicle lineups in the country, in the world, basically, trucks are number one because they sell the most. You know, Ford sells what close to you know, uh, 900,000 trucks a year and, and Chevy and the and also Stellantis and the Ram. I mean, the fight has been going on for decades now, decades. Right. And so Ford, I love that they bring out and they introduce, you know, the horsepower and torque numbers of the Lightning. And then right before the vehicle goes on sale, they bump those numbers up. And oh. I think they do it not for the customers, but just to to make GM and, and Stellantis angry yeah. because they put out their numbers and all of a sudden, oh, guess what? We found more horsepower and torque. <laughs> so I absolutely love it because right now what they're saying is that the standard battery pack version would make 426 horsepower and the extended range was 563 horsepower. Now the standard range is up to 452 horsepower. So that's almost a 30 horsepower jump. And then the extended version gets 580 horsepower. So it's just absolutely ridiculous, you know, what they're doing. Then they were saying it's got so much horsepower, it's got so much torque, but it also now they've added an extra 235 pounds so you can have more hauling capabilities. Mm -hmm. I mean, the vehicle is unstoppable. And you got to feel bad for the other manufacturers because Ford has been at this game a long time. So is GM. And honestly, so is Stellantis for Ram. But Ford really gets this dialed. And Ford has always said that their competition is not the other brands. Their competition is themselves. Their goal is always to try to do better than what they've done before. And it's unbelievable what they've done with this Lightning. And I told you guys, it is fast. It is fun. You can tow you know, a ton of cargo, I think up to... 7,700 pound trailer without even thinking twice that it's even attached on the back. And people really are interested and they've just started selling this vehicle. And I believe it's already sold out. And I think they're yeah. halfway sold out through next year. So Ford is really brilliant about this, aren't they? Aren't they? It's well, just crazy. You know, they really are. There's no question about it. And that's what I was talking with Steve about is that they look at the truck that Elon Musk showed and they went, that ain't a truck. This is a truck because it looks like an F-150. It should, right? doesn't look yes. like something you'd see Captain Kirk driving, you know, on planet Zoltoy in, you know, 1968. So um, I think they were, they were just very smart in the fact that it looks like an F-150, but it has these amazing capabilities. But the part I don't like about what is going on, which is, let me just pull out a little conspiracy, Allen. Okay. Um, the price of fuel is through the roof. And is that a kind of social engineering or manipulation to push people into electric vehicles? Because they're just not selling as many electric vehicles as they want to, of course. I mean, GM is, I mean, I'm, I'm hearing rumors that they're making all these electric vehicles and they're only selling like, you know, a handful of them. So I just wonder about all that. I think time will tell, of course. You know, it's it's very funny because when you talk about these conspiracies and everything, you're right. People, they want the vehicles. They want EVs, but they just don't have the lifestyles to support it. They drive long distances. They live in an apartment where they don't right. have some place they can plug in the power. So, again, you know, they're making it for very wealthy people because these vehicles are not cheap. Yeah. But and again, they're starting to get rid of the the tax uh, credits on some of them as well. So exactly. that time will tell. All time right, tell. hold tight. Uh, we'll take a little break here. When we come back. You've got something on the Escalade Cadillac Escalade V. Ooh, we'll be right back. 
Getting a new ride is fun. Shopping online for a new car? Not so much. Stop doing the same car search over and over again on multiple sites and try Autotempest.com. See all the cars with one easy search. Our powerful search engine scours all the top car shopping sites, giving you instant results so you can easily browse all the listings with one search. Whether a dream ride, a family hauler, or a work truck, let us help you find your next ride. Autotempest.com. All the cars, one search. Well, it is the drive all across America and around the world. We're in the hour one of the show. BJ Colleen joining us uh, before her with Stephen Cole Smith. You can hear the show podcast as well. So check out wherever you do your podcast for The Drive with Alan Taylor uh, and all my cohorts. Um, also in hour two, we got an interesting hour two. I've got a Generation Z car enthusiast, which means that uh, I think that's kind of like the end of humanity with uh, the generation. If, if he's Z... <laughs> Isn't that isn't that where things end with Z? So we are at the end of the history of the world. So it's interesting. Yeah, what comes next? I know. Be interesting, huh? Wonder, yeah. All right. So huh. Cadillac is going to make a new full size SUV, the Escalade, in a V is in Victor, which is their performance division. BJ's got the update on that. What's the story? Yeah. So again, I'd love to hear your take on this because here's GM going. We're going all electric. electric We're right. not doing gas vehicles anymore. Yep. And now today they introduced the Escalade V, which is going to have a 6.2 liter V8 supercharged direct oh, injected, yeah, six, uh, 682 horsepower Dude. and 653 pound feet of torques. Uh, <laughs> Maybe uh, this is their last hurrah, but you know, people say they want these performance vehicles. Maybe this is the one you get before the performance just goes away from General no, Motors. No, but no, I, I think it's what you said. You said something a few minutes ago, and maybe people don't understand, about Ford was their sandbagging. In other words, they're holding back the real truth. They tell you one thing, or they, they allude to one thing, and then the truth comes out. Like the Mustang. Remember when they wouldn't tell us how many horsepower was in the new GT500 a few years yep. back? And everybody was like, oh, it's 700 or whatever it is. And it came out, it was like 750 or whatever. And yeah. so this, I think, when Cadillac said, we're going all electric, well, BS. I'm so happy that they did this because this gives a little bit of hope. Like when you hear this guy, this friend of mine's telling me about his son. And he's like, he's 20 years old. And he's like the biggest car guy you ever met in your life. I go, ah, let me meet this kid. I met him. I'm like, okay, he's the biggest car guy I've ever met in my life. It's crazy. So every now and then, the world, you know, uh, shifts just a little bit, and everybody thinks everything, you know, the sky is falling, we're going all electric, and then Cadillac comes back with this. Thank goodness, Mark Royce, Mary Barra, that you guys are not going all electric with these things, because we want some V8 engines, we want some big diesel engines, we want all the different choices. With America, we want it all. And we want it You're now. absolutely right. Yeah. Now, the question is, do yes. you want to pay for it? Well. Because it's a big engine, lots of, obviously, it's a Cadillac. They're yeah. saying that they're doing it because of their 120th anniversary. You know, Lincoln yeah. just celebrated their 100th anniversary this year. So it's got so many features. And even has the Super Cruise, which is their hands-free driving assist right, technology. Right, right, right. Take a guess at the price. Just I would guess, guess a buck twenty. 
I knew we were getting close to the end of the world, but uh, we've got an automotive enthusiast that is a Gen Zer, and he's going to tell us what it's like to be a Gen Zer. And I don't even know what a Gen Zer is, but uh, he'll tell us about it. At the bottom of the hour, we're going to have George Kennedy on. He and I have been driving the same Subaru Outback Wilderness Edition. And so if you're interested in buying a Subaru Outback, you may want to look at the the Wilderness Edition, which is even more extreme styling and the rest. So uh, And also he drove the uh, Toyota Tacoma, the latest Toyota Tacoma TRD Pro. So you can find out about that. But let us start. Let us start with the, the final countdown of humanity for the Gen Z, the Generation Z human being. His name is Cooper Bruce. He is the son of a dear friend of mine who is one of the foremost sleep experts in the world. And um, so, first of all, Cooper, welcome to the show. Your dad, your dad explained to me what a complete car fanatic you are. And then you and I had a brief conversation the other day, and I'm like, yep. That guy is a car crazy car fanatic. First of all, Gen Z. So uh, that means you don't have to have any children because there, there's nothing after you. You know what I'm saying? Is that right? You're right. And I've definitely uh, been thinking about that. And I think what really kind of makes it whole is that we're probably going to be the last automotive enthusiast generation kind of, you know, with all the electric cars and Thomas cars coming out. But yeah, Gen Z is uh, anyone born about the year 2000 or so, by the way. But you know, you said it right. It's true. I I was joking about the last generation, but I think you said it even better. The last generation of car guys and gals that'll be able to really appreciate the entire spectrum of the automotive enthusiast side of this equation. Yes, we'll have some sort of pods that will take us from place to place at some point. But you are you. You're the car guy. You, you. Uh, of course, you're you're attending uh, school at the, you're a student at the University of Southern California, which California is the kind of the epicenter of all car enthusiasts and so much. You know, with uh, Hollywood and all the stuff that came out with all the movies and all the cars and music and and uh, I, I grew up in Southern California as well. Now I live in the Pacific Northwest, of which I far more prefer because. You know, it's uh, I, cows. I like cows now, not people. Uh, I told car and driver they should call it cow and driver now and let me be the test driver. I, I guess I have to start, you know, bucking Bronco bulls, riding bulls, you know. So where for you did this car gene, you know, this car love affair start? I'm just curious. So um, I grew up in Scottsdale, Arizona, and I ended up being about a quarter mile from the Bear Jackson auction. Oh, yeah. So. I've always been in the cars and my dad, he would love to take me there, you know, every year. And I take a million pictures on his phone. But besides that, I also kind of, I grew up with Top Gear, which is really great. And grew up on the internet, kind of learning where the different, you know, new sources for cars. And also in Scottsdale, there's a big Penske dealer with, you know, every kind of brand you could think of, especially high end. And I would just go visit there probably once a month at sometimes. But uh, yeah, both my parents are not car enthusiasts. They are not in the cars at all. At one point, my dad had a 335 convertible, and that was the sportiest car he's ever had. <laughs> <laughs> but it was a good one. It was a good one. So it wait a, a minute. Great one. Your dad would take you to Barrett Jackson because you wanted to go. Is that what you're telling me? Exactly. That's I would. Great. I would beg him to go every. I think it was January, like third week of January. Yeah. It was like clockwork. Since I was about six or seven, that we would awesome. go, and he'd take me through the whole thing, and we'd go ride in the new Corvettes and all the fun stuff. Well, when you and I were talking. The conversation went 
places that I was actually quite, you know, like, wow, this is interesting for me. And I'm a big car guy. And I want to tee up a little bit. We're going to take a break. But the one thing you said to me that was like kind of freaked me out is that, you know, us older people, we don't know what we don't know. And as a young guy, well, you're 20 years old. Is that what you are, 20? Yep, just turned 20. So at 20 years old, he's telling me about these dating apps where they don't really want you to talk about your car. I'm like, wait a minute. You got to be kidding me. Oh, I'd have to not use that dating app, but we're, we're going to talk about some of this fun stuff. Uh, Cooper Bruce joining us, Gen Z car enthusiast. Get ready to learn some fun stuff from the 20-year-old enthusiast point of view. Stay with us. Stay tuned. There's more of The Drive with Alan Taylor. Now's the time to earn your bragging rights and rule the road in a powerful Dodge vehicle. With enough style, horsepower, and performance to make your muscle car dreams come true, it's no wonder J.D. Power named Dodge the number one ranked brand in initial quality and driver appeal for mass market brands. Join the brotherhood and experience the strength of Dodge muscle today. Visit Dodge.com or see your local Dodge dealer for great deals. Tied for initial quality study. For J.D. Power 2020 award information, visit JDPower.com awards. Well, you're listening to The Drive all across America and around the world. Yep, that's what the interwebs does. Takes this show all over the place. Car enthusiasts from all over. And it's really hard for older guys like myself to, you know, explain what it is to be a car enthusiast. And the younger folks have kind of a different way of looking at things these days. Most of them don't even know how to drive a stick shift. You know, it's it's kind of sad, but Cooper Bruce is joining us. He's a Generation Z car enthusiast, and I had a, a, just a really fun conversation with him the other day. And I thought, you know, we got we got to talk about this on the radio. Tell me about the of dating course. the dating app thing, because to me that is just hilarious. So what's interesting about Gen Z car enthusiasts is there's not many of us, so we're quite rare. I only have one friend who's really really into cars like me that I met in college, but kind of throughout this, because it's so rare, when you are a car enthusiast, it's often kind of looked down upon, especially now that we're moving towards electric. And so what I was talking about with you earlier is on the dating apps, if you post a picture with your car, no matter how cool the car is, no matter how like awesome everything is, it is a no-no for pretty much every girl on those dating apps. It's similar if you posted something with guns, or if you posted something with you working out, or even if you posted something like totally Republican or something like that. It's just <laughs> you cannot post cars on anything, especially dating apps, because they're just going to assume that you're not a very nice person, sadly. <laughs> it's like, what? Can you imagine? I mean, yes. I mean, you can imagine because you're a car guy, but can you imagine out <laughs> there to the audience, you know, the car is a personal conveyance of who you are. So if you drive, exactly. you know, you're a Gen Z car, and I happen to, when I was your age, I had a 240Z. So to me, <laughs> that was the guy that I was. Now, my buddies might have had, you know, a pickup truck or, you know, a, a muscle yep. car. But my car was a Z car. And then later on, I bought another Z car and put a V8 engine in it. So now I, I was kind of a hybrid. It's like, oh, that's sacrilegious. You put an American engine in a Datsun. I go, yeah, but it's kind of like my Datsarati. 
because now it's got That's massive nice. horsepower, right? So, I mean, oh, yeah. I, I was a young car guy from the very, very beginning. And, you know, the, the car is a conveyance of who you are. So you want to attract, uh, dare I say this, your mate that likes that car, you know, or that type of a lifestyle. So to not be able to no, put a car on a dating app is like bizarre. No, it's, it's, a, it's very true. And what some girls do also is they'll say they like cars. And if you kind of comment on them and say like, oh, kind of what car do you drive or something like that, they actually filter out the car guys by that. It's insane. Like they <laughs> really don't want car guys for whatever reason. But um, I also happen to own a Z car with a V8, although it was not a Datsun, sadly. It was a a C6 Corvette Z06. And I took quite a few dates out on that and had quite a few different impressions. <laughs> really funny. You are a car guy if you had a Z06 at that young age. Wow. What do you think, just curious, what do you think of the current state of the auto industry? Because, I mean, you're looking well, at it from so a whole different view. So we're looking at, you know, everything's going electric, everything's autonomous. And so now it really becomes what differentiates auto makes. You know, what differentiates something like Audi versus the just comfort? Is it what luxuries in the car, especially when you can't drive the car? And so, you know, I am really kind of the last generation that's going to see these really cool gas cars coming out while we're still in our teens, while we're still in our 20s. And I can maybe buy some of them, even though COVID car market has been absolutely insane. But, um, you know, it's, it's going towards a different place. And I think we're going to see a lot less of the car enthusiasm we saw previously, unless there's kind of boutique manufacturers that come out and there's different regulations to, you know, how can you drive your car? Can you even drive gas cars in general or is it taxed by every mile? So it's, it's going to be interesting to see, but we all kind of know that our enthusiast cars, stick shifts, V8, stuff like that is generally dying. And uh, I'm probably going to keep quite a few in my stable forever just because of that. And I'm, I bet you in the future, when I start collecting cars, a lot of them are going to be from the 2000s and 2010s just because that was the last era of enthusiasm, in my opinion. Gosh, that is so funny. I see a little note. I asked him to send me a little bit of information on himself. How many cars did you test drive before you purchased your first car? A little over 35. <laughs> it was insane. As a 16-year-old in Los Angeles, I had to go up to every dealer and basically ask, will you let me drive your performance car? Most of the time, it was cars with over 400 horsepower. <laughs> And so the, ba the biggest thing I found was, let's say I go to a Porsche dealer and try to drive a Macan Turbo. They're not going to let me drive a Macan Turbo any way you slice it. Right. But if I go to an Audi dealer and they have a Macan Turbo on their lot, they'll let me drive that Macan Turbo. Oh, my that gosh. Used car. Don't go anywhere. i got to take another break. Uh, no worries. My friend's son uh, is on the show, Cooper Bruce. <laughs> uh, your dad was right. I love it, man. All right, don't go anywhere. We'll be right back with more. Love game intuition, play the cards with spades to start. And after he's been hooked, I'll play the one that's on his heart. Discover the 2022 Subaru Forester Wilderness, the second member of the Subaru Wilderness family. Featuring 9.2 inches of ground clearance, standard symmetrical all-wheel drive, and all-terrain tires for increased off-road capability. Plus, a design that's bold and protective at the same time. The Forester Wilderness unlocks a whole new level of adventure. Discover more at Subaru.com slash wilderness.
Welcome back to The Drive. Now, here's your host, Alan Taylor. So the whole thing starts out with a conversation over text. Uh, my friend sends me a text. Hey, how does my son get a hold of Car and Driver or Motor Trend? He's a real car guy, and he wants to work for the car magazine. Yeah, somehow, test drive car, whatever. I'm like, yes, him and every other young guy that loves cars and gals, too. Many, many gals. And I thought to myself, you know, I, I, I got to talk to the kid. So I call him up or we, we called each other. I can't remember if I called him or not. Whatever. Anyway, we got a hold of each other. And what I found was what you guys are hearing. Cooper Bruce. And he's Generation Z car enthusiast. Then he starts telling me about this company that he started. And I'm like, wait a minute. How old are you? 20 years old. You're in school, right? So, Cooper, <laughs> let's get back to this. You have started a company, and I want you to kind of give the story on how this all started. Currently, I go to the USC Ivan Young Academy, where we study a lot about how to kind of build companies from the ground up, especially websites and digital products. Right. So I use those skills to kind of pivot towards the car industry because I hadn't broken into the car industry yet, and I felt it was a little bit antiquated. So I created my company called Track Agent. And at Track Agent, what we do is we offer technology solutions for racetracks and car events. And what that means is basically instead of having to call a racetrack up and, you know, organize your track day, which costs, you know, anywhere from $3,000 to $50,000 in some cases and get all the flaggers and safety courses and all that, you can just do it all through an app. And that's our app. And then we are also supporting an event upcoming called the uh, Hypercar Invitational. And at Hypercar Invitational, our app will be able to show everybody their schedule and help them move through the event as well. And it's a really fun deal. <laughs> That, to me, is amazing, first of all. Hats off to you for being a young entrepreneur and, and you know, realizing your dream coming true. It's happening. We're watching it happen right now. Is there a website, or is it just the app right now, Track Agent? So it's just the app right now. Okay. It's not on the App Store. But we do have a website, trackagent.info, where I'll be collecting emails, and I'll be showing people kind of some of what's coming for Track Agent soon. We're trying to sign with some major racetracks right now. And we're also trying to get more car events going. I mean, it's going to be a lot of fun. Check it out. Check out trackagent.info and, uh, yeah, see what's to come. All right. We'll do that. And then tell us about Hot Wheels. Now, first of all, before you tell me, I'm going to tell you my Hot Wheels story. In 1968, I think it was 68 when Hot Wheels came out. Yep. I was eight years old because I was born in 1960. I'm giving away my age. I'm 62 coming up in June. When Hot Wheels came out, they went from matchbox cars, which were just kind of, you know, cars, to Hot Wheels, right? I was in a oh, toy yeah. store in Ventura, California. It was in a little plaza, a little mall thing. And um, I went into the toy store to go look at all the matchbox cars because I loved cars even at eight years old. And I didn't have any money. I'm eight years old, right? So I thought, I, I got to have this. So I will tell you that the first car I ever stole, because I did steal other cars in my life, was a, a, a Hot Wheels. I got caught. The guy was watching me. So I took the Hot oh, Wheels, no. you know, and I put it in my pocket, in my shirt pocket. And this big, giant, like six-foot, seven-foot-tall man, because when you're eight years old, everybody seems seven-foot tall. He stops me, and he's shaking. He was shaking, and he says, I caught you, you little rat. And he pulls the Hot Wheels out of my pocket. And right there, right then and there, I peed my pants. 
And that was the, that was the most embarrassing part. And I have not gotten caught stealing any other cars. I will tell you that. Thank God. Now, tell me about your Hot Wheels car thing. So, like you said earlier, Hot Wheels started in 1968, and my dad was also born in 1968. And in 2018, they celebrated the 50th anniversary. Ah. And so, we can't really afford to collect cars. I can have a like a fun car here. But that's about it in, in terms of car enthusiasm. So we decided to collect Hot Wheels. And in particular, <laughs> we decided to collect only Hot Wheels from 1968. Oh, geez. That's and awesome. so we ended up amassing a kind of crazy collection, which was a ton of fun. We had our own dealer, and we did this over the course of a few years, especially during COVID when the market went crazy. And during COVID, we were actually invited of Hot Wheels enthusiasts to display our collection at Monterey. And we ended up winning an event. Um, we won best display at um, the Concours de Pasadera at Monterey Car Week, which was crazy because at 19 years old, I have now won an award at Monterey for my car collection, if you say it just right. <laughs> right, right, exactly. So do you still have the Hot Wheels? <laughs> yeah, we still have all of them. We're paring down the collection by half, but it's amazing the collector market on these. We only collect mint condition cars, and so the cars can range you know, anywhere from a – couple bucks to a few thousand dollars per car, which Unreal. is insane. We do not have many of those. But we were able, because we're located in Manhattan Beach, El Segundo is where Mattel is, we were able to find quite a few good finds around the area because, you know, yeah. former Mattel employees would sure. have these prototypes or these cars that never came out. And so awesome. um, we, we found quite a few of them. It's really cool. That is absolutely awesome. All right, what's your dream car real quick? Dream car, probably the new uh, Gordon Murray Automotive T50. Oh, jeez. <laughs> you, you asked Dream. That's totally okay. stratosphere, but I love it. V12, tons of RPM, manual transmission, center oh seat. It's the modern F1. You know what? You're just a, you give me hope, brother. You absolutely give me hope for the young guys and gals and car enthusiasts. I didn't think there were any more. Uh, you know, I feel okay with you being a Gen Z, the final version of the car enthusiast. All right. Thank you, Tom. Yeah, Cooper Bruce. Thank you, man. Tell your dad I said hi. Uh, Track Agent is an app, you guys. Trackagent.info, is that what it was? Yep. Check out trackagent.info for more information on what's coming. All right. Coming up next is George Kennedy. We're going to talk Subaru and Toyota Tacoma. Be right back. Shopping cars online is a hassle, or is it? You probably search this site, that site, browse here, search there. Who has the time or the patience? Autotempest.com is the Internet's best car shopping tool. With one easy search, see all the cars from the web's top car shopping sites all at once. Why browse some of the cars when Autotempest.com gives you everything? Autotempest.com. All the cars, one search. Welcome back to The Drive. Now, here's automotive expert, television and radio host, Alan Taylor. Well, our show is brought to you in part by Subaru Love. That's what makes a Subaru a Subaru. Now, our show being sponsored by Subaru, uh, whenever I drive one, I always want to make sure that, you know, it's like you guys think, oh, well, they sponsor your show. Yeah, you're going to say nice things and all that. And I'm, 
You know what? Let me just tell you about my relationship with Subaru. It's it's at least a decade old, and I've been a Subaru fan for years and years and years. So much so, I want to tell you, so much so that I actually had a wrecking yard that specialized in Subaru because they were such good cars. This goes back into the 80s, believe it or not. Now, along the way, I remember when... Uh, the guy came to the counter one time. This is, gosh, you know, before I even started doing the radio show. And he says, I want to get one of those uh, six-cylinder versions. And I said, oh, yeah? Because they came out, you know, they're four-cylinder boxer, horizontally opposed engines, really good engines. And then they made a six-cylinder for a little while. Or, or, same thing, boxer-style, horizontally opposed engine. And I said, what are you going to do with it? He says, we're going to put it in an experimental aircraft. And I'm like, What? He says, yeah. He says, these engines are so good. He says that they put them in aircraft. And then I saw a guy the other day. He was driving a Volkswagen Westphalia camper. And uh, I go, look at that. You're driving okay. He says, yeah. He says, we had the Subaru 2.5 engine put in it. I'm like, what? And it's like he spent like $10,000 putting a Subaru engine in a Volkswagen Westphalia camper out of the, what, early 90s. Anyway, these are fantastic machines and so i i'm telling this story to the president of subaru one day i said you guys ought to sponsor my radio show this was i don't know in the uh, probably the early 2000s or sometime anyway one day i get a phone call and sure enough they're like we'd like to talk to you about sponsoring your show i thought that's great stuff so whenever i talk about subaru i like to have somebody else that is a, a a real true car guy like myself so i got george kennedy the third here You'll see him on videos from Car Gurus. You'll see him and uh, his scribblings in Boston Globe, U.S. News, and World Report, and hear him on this radio show. Happens to be driving the very same car, the 2022 Subaru Outback Wilderness Edition that I test drove a while back. George, I've been waiting to get somebody on the show here, so it doesn't sound like, oh yeah, you're sponsored by Subaru. You're gonna, <laughs> say, you know, you know, because it's kind of almost a double-edged sword, right? You know. Yeah. So, yeah, hey, and what are the odds, right, that we would have it back to back? Yeah, and exactly. It's it's interesting. You mentioned that about Volkswagen, and you know, and talk about Porsches, and these are all brands that that have used and continue to use boxer engines, horizontally opposing engines, right? And they all have pretty loyal followings of enthusiasts, different types of, of automotive enthusiasts, yep. but enthusiasts nonetheless. So let's just talk about this vehicle. Let me just tell you what what I got out of it. First of all. Very impressed. My um, nephew has bought a 2021 version of this and loves it. It's his third Subaru. This one has, which I, I think, you know, everybody's going to the CVT, continuously variable transmission, with eight-speed manual mode. Now, this is called the high-torque Linertronic. I don't even know how to say that Line word. Linertronic. Okay, there you go. Linear, whatever. whatever yeah. yeah, whatever it is. But you don't even know that it's a CVT because normally you're sitting there anticipating a gear change. It's like, right. Eh, right. It's like, come on, change gears. Eh, eh. And it's like these, it used to be terrible. I hated CVTs. But nowadays, you've got an eight speed manual mode. You've got nice, crisp shifts that are really just designed for our our brain you know what i mean because you really don't need any of that 
which is kind of funny that they had to do that because people felt so uncomfortable. You're well, always, you know, you know, you know what's great for is, I mean, the CBT, and if you're a brand that focuses on it and you, you know, for Subaru outside of the manual transmission that it puts in the WRX, and I think it also right. puts a manual in the Crosstrek, mm-hmm. but outside of that, it is exclusively a CBT brand. I know. And that allows you to focus on getting that one transmission right across a lot of applications. Uh, good point. Good point. The manual mode. I like because this CVT is, and most other automakers are the same way, are optimized for fuel efficiency first. So right. what that means is that if it's focusing on fuel efficiency, it's not going to be the most responsive out of the gate. But if you put it in manual mode and you use the paddles and you click it down a little bit, you can keep it in a gear and let those revs get up and you can kind of you know, do what a manual does and that is – you know, forget about the third pedal. You're trying to manipulate the revs in such a way to get the car to do what you want. So now we'll go to the to the engine. Four-cylinder, dual overhead cam, 2.4 turbocharged boxer engine. Okay. 260 horsepower. This thing will tow 3,500 pounds, which is a good. lot, right, for a smaller yep. vehicle like this? Little SUV, kind of a wagon SUV combo. What do they call it? Crossover. I, I mean, right? I think that's that's right there. You just nailed it because it yeah. is technically a wagon, right? But it is so much more than that. It yeah. is, I think, eight point seven inches of ground clearance. Right. The wilderness version that I've been driving, and I think that you had recently, yep. really tries to push the notion of this being a lot more than a wagon. That has nine and a half inches of ground clearance. More aggressive, kind of all-terrain tires. A little bit more body cladding some wider fenders and the whole idea is that like yeah it's a wagon but it can do stuff that like some crossovers might have a hard time doing so 26 miles to the gallon on the highway 22 around city 24 combined which is respectable in a vehicle that can do what this can do now i don't know if you remember you're not even old enough but i remember way 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 back when i was i think even a teenager we're talking I won't even give you the year, but early on in Subaru's life cycle of the USA, the U.S. Olympic ski team used Subaru, which was such a slap in the face to the American car makers. But the dang things were great for the snow. And they're also ubiquitous in areas where they're skiing, like, you know, Colorado, the Northeast. You know, I'm sure you see a lot of Subarus up by you, right? Oh, my gosh. They're everywhere. I live in the Pacific Northwest is what he's talking about. And he's in the Boston area. So we're, we're kind of, you know, multi. We're both in Subaru coast. country. Yeah, yeah for yeah, sure. You, you know, you needed somebody else on from, uh, from the Denver area to make this triumvirate complete. <laughs> right. Let me take a break and we'll come back and talk more about this car. If you're interested in buying a wagon SUV crossover kind of vehicle, you really ought to check out Subaru because they're just, I mean, look at the slogan. Subaru. Love. It's what makes a Subaru a Subaru. And it's just true. You ask the owners, and that's getting it from the horse's mouth right there. We'll be right back. Why should you trust Brembo Brakes? Because 60 years of racing, testing, braking, and bettering. Because dogs in the road, indecisive squirrels, and that kid chasing the lost ball. Because tiny humans in the back seat and blind turns in front of you. Because every car should be equipped with the same kind of performance, safety, and comfort that manufacturers and professional drivers trust every day. Visit buybrimbo.com and learn more about the most trusted brakes in braking. Well, you're listening to The Drive and the test drive today that uh, myself 
Alan Taylor, and George Kennedy III both have driven and test drive the exact same vehicle, the 2022 Subaru Outback Wilderness Edition. It's a little more Outbacky, you might say, than the normal Outback. Um, this song is called Dream Machine, and if you like the extreme lifestyle outdoor, and you've got dogs and animals, and you don't need a big giant SUV uh, with three rows. I mean, this is really almost all anybody needs. Even a family of five, you can do it very comfortably in this vehicle. George Kennedy's here. Did you go off-roading with it, George? I'm just curious. I did not go off-roading, but I'll tell you what. Down Rhode Island, where the sailboat is, and I was getting it ready for the season, the roads are not in great shape. There's right. a lot of bumps, a lot of potholes, a lot of road work. So a lot of exposed casting, stuff like that. Yep. So you, you can get a kind of sense of a, of a, of a bumpy, gravelly road, and it kind of just soaks it all up. Yeah. It, um, there were some areas where there was just like, you know, raised, you know, steel plates in the road, and that's usually where I would grind way down to a halt and crawl over it. And you can kind of just slow down to about 20 and just keep going over it. And it just sort of took it on the chin and kept going. Well, uh, you know, for all that kind of stuff you're talking about, you've got all kinds of great safety features, active torque vectoring, advanced active cruise control with lane centering. I don't know if you guys have used that or not yet. That basically keeps you in the middle of the lane when you're driving down the road. And you can turn it off if you don't want that's it. That's right. That's right. <laughs> Same thing with auto start stop ignition. So again, you can turn that off. So that's the one thing I will say is that the startup process on this engine's a little herky-jerky and so the auto stop start it's very pronounced so the luckily right in the middle of the touch screen there's a is a deactivation button you can turn that right off right symmetrical all-wheel drive which all subarus have which is fantastic it sends the power to where you need it this thing called eyesight driver assist technology dude i mean this is the best part of our technology world right now is the safety features and Subaru has a really good one. All I can say is that, you know, when you're about to get into an, an accident and your car saves your life because it gives you a reminder, you go, oh, that's why I bought that car with that technology in it. And because, you, you know what else iSight does, which is really cool, and that this is far less serious than being able to prevent an accident. That is, it's got the two cameras, which are able to sort of perceive three-dimensional space. Right. And if you are stopped at an intersection and the car ahead of you pulls away, and you have not moved at all because maybe you're down staring at your phone. You know, we, we're all human. <laughs> we don't recommend doing that, but <laughs> people are going to do what people are going to do. Right. It'll give you a little uh, a little reminder, say, hey, the car in front of you moved. Uh, you know, and that prevents you the shame of being uh, yeah. a little, little half-honk. Yeah, that's great. You. I did not even notice that because, see, I wasn't looking at my phone. Anyway, but uh, that's awesome. Tire pressure monitoring system, individual wheel display, which is nice because... You really want your tires, you know, all the same air pressure. And, and if you have one that's going low, I was driving behind a, a car. Actually, I was driving down the freeway and a car passed me like a bat out of hell. And all of a sudden my radar detector went off and that person must have had one too. And they slowed down and got right in front of me. And so now I'm following them. They're going now the speed limit or a little tiny bit more. And I look and they literally were driving on a tire that probably had 10 pounds of air pressure in it. And so I thought, do I tell them? I mean, do I honk my horn at them after they just passed me like complete idiots? You know, they're going to think I'm just, you know, flipping them off or something. 
So I don't know. I just thought, I don't know. What am I going to do? You know, I, I'm driving a truck with a big old trailer full of hay. <laughs> There's nothing I could do. But I thought, you know, if they had a tire pressure monitoring system, they would see that when your tires are low and they go extremely low, they get really hot. And that's what happened in that horrible Ford situation with Bridgestone tires is lower air pressure made the tires hot and then the tire would fail. And then that's why they had some flip overs. You know what I'm saying? So right, keeping right. good tire pressure and your tires lose air pressure a little bit every month and i don't know i've heard as much as a pound a month so in in 10 months you're you're down 10 pounds if it's that if that's true right right so you know you mentioned the safety features and the the lane departure warning and the blind spot monitoring i love those features one thing i will say is that you know for this adventure or wilderness edition the car has a couple like orange accents throughout the car which i could take or leave from a style standpoint right Inside the car, it's got a couple orange badges around, right? And it's like the same bright color orange as the lane departure warning. And one of the badges is like in the door up near it. So like I'm always trying to drive with my peripherals, keeping an eye out for those alerts. And I'm always every once in a while getting a false positive, my eyes darting over because my eye caught that orange badge yeah, uh, yeah. looking for the, the lane departure <laughs> warning uh, light. That's too funny. What's new? Wilderness lineup, upgraded suspension, Yokohama Geo Lander, all-terrain tires, advanced dual-function X mode for increased capability. Yeah, and that that's that's like uh, you know various off-road drive modes. Right. Um, it'll help you master the symmetrical all-wheel drive depending on what road conditions you're trying to be in, dirt, mud, snow, all right. that sort of stuff. Well, you're seeing that with brands like Audi and others, yeah. so it's it's a nice feature to have. Also, if you have uh, that lifestyle that you're going to carry a boat or bikes or whatever, and some of these electric bikes get pretty heavy too, the roof rack now can withstand 700 pounds. Yeah, that's, um, that's a great thing about Outbacks, even going back 10 years, like of all the cars out there, it's one of the few cars that has truly functional roof racks. Yeah. Most cars these days, uh, you know, you hate to say it, but most of the cars these days, when you see roof racks on them, all they are is a visual accessory that is a mounting point exactly. for the actual real roof racks you're going to buy. No, that's a good point. All right. All this for $36,995. The one I drove has a gigantic moonroof, nav, and RAB. What's RAB? Uh, reverse automatic uh, braking. So oh, when you're backing beautiful. up, uh, even though something's in your backup camera and you're still keep going because you know maybe alan taylor needs his glasses uh, uh, <clears throat> thank uh, you that was eighteen. <laughs> so still under forty thousand bucks check it out 2022 subaru outback wilderness we're going to come back and talk about another car with george kennedy stay with us Now's the time to earn your bragging rights and rule the road in a powerful Dodge vehicle. With enough style, horsepower, and performance to make your muscle car dreams come true, it's no wonder J.D. Power named Dodge the number one ranked brand in initial quality and driver appeal for mass market brands. Join the brotherhood and experience the strength of Dodge muscle today. Visit Dodge.com or see your local Dodge dealer for great deals. Tied for initial quality study. For J.D. Power 2020 award information, visit JDPower.com awards. This is The Drive with Alan Taylor. And George Kennedy III, you can find him. He's all over the place. Boston Globe, U.S. News and World Report. 
Cartender. Is he? He's the co-founder of Cartender, and you'll see him on videos with uh, car gurus. George, I know you're driving the new Tacoma, Toyota Tacoma. How do you like it? Yeah, I mean, this is this is a vehicle for me. Uh, it's funny, nah. that's sort of the theme of the, the two vehicles are cars that I could totally see myself using. Yeah. Um, this is a little bit more off-road oriented, but it's got, you know, it's got a bed and I could be throwing all sorts of gear in it. It's got lifted suspension, special off-road shocks, added skid plates. At the end of the day, it's still the Tacoma that's kind of been around for over a decade. And you do kind of see some signs of age for better or for worse. I know with trucks, you want something that's a little bit more rugged. So age is a fine thing. I will say that they, you know, kind of shoehorned in the newer tech. So like the infotainment, you can totally tell it's sort of, they carved out a little spot for it. It's got really tiny volume and tuning dial. The weird thing was the, the, the starter button, the push button start, which was probably never part of the design over a decade ago when they started it, <laughs> is a big circle right next to all the climate control dials. So I did find myself hitting the, the, the fan speed button, <laughs> yeah. trying to get the, the, the push button start. Uh, that's funny. Uh, but it still has all these incredible features like, you know, multi-terrain select. It's got a, you know, a, a terrain camera system so you can sort of look at obstacles as you approach them. It's just a great, really capable vehicle. The one thing I will say is that it, it came in this color called electric lime, mm. and it felt more like TRD Bro, not TRD Pro. I would prefer the <laughs> Army Green or the Lunar Dust or some of these more muted colors, but definitely uh, eye-catching color. You're getting old. You know that, don't What Are you in your 30s now? <laughs> upper, upper to mid-30s, yeah. Thank you for reminding me. Yeah, well, listen, bro. You could be my son, just so you know, so we won't go there. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. Oh, my God. Yeah, you know what? I, I just ordered, I, it's been, I don't know, about a couple months ago, I ordered a new Jeep Gladiator diesel because I thought, nice. you know, yeah. When I ordered it, diesel was like, you know, three fifty a gallon. It's like six bucks a gallon. I know. What is going on? You know, just in the last six months. Well, luckily, but, uh, diesels are pretty, you know, they get a decent mileage out of them. So yeah, even with the yeah. price of your fuel, it kind of sometimes comes out in the wash, depending on the price. Hopefully, it'll offset something. But also, I, I was looking at all the colors. You're talking about the color. I ended up getting white. And you know why? Because why it's going to go off-road. It's going to get scratched. And the easiest color to match is pure hospital white. So the Tacoma is not all new, but you, like you said, I, I like the way you said it. They've shoehorned a lot of technology in it. When do you think that they're going to finally come out with some newfangled, all new Toyota Tacoma? Or will there ever be? I mean, are I they think, just going to so keep evolving? It, it's interesting because if you're Toyota, if you're Chevy, if you're any of these folks that make midsize and full-size trucks... The full-size trucks are a bigger, quote-unquote, profit center for them. They make more money off each one, so they're less incentivized to make the new one. That being said, I think they're supposed to be in the next year or two are they're going to come out with the new one. Nissan's got the redesigned Frontier, and they're going to need to compete with that. You've also got that new crop of like super small trucks like the Ford Maverick right. and Hyundai Santa Cruz. These are like car-based or crossover-based pickups that don't have the same capability in terms of towing and hauling, but they have a truck bed and they're more efficient. You can get more cabin space from the same, you know, footprint. So lots of new stuff coming from small trucks and it's really cool to see it. So TRD Pro is which I think you said, right? That's right. Yeah. What was the price tag? Yeah. So this one was, uh, I believe in the, the mid 40 mm -hmm. range, mm -hmm. like 46, 47. 
And you start adding options on, and it goes right up from there. Oh, my gosh. You know, and that's the thing. My latest media car, I won't tell you what it is because it doesn't matter because they're all having the same problem. But the guy says, hey, guess what? Just got to tell you, the heated seats aren't working. You know why? I said, really? Why? Because it's it's very unusual. Yes, he says, but they wanted to get these cars into the hands of the journalists. I can live without it without heated seats. I mean, we're in springtime. You know what? My my brother just bought a uh, Chevy Tahoe Z71. He absolutely loves it, but the parking sensors and the heated seats need to be installed later because of the chip shortage. No way. They're actually selling them that way. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, And they say, I mean, look. Do you want your brand new car or not? Right. right. And I, listen, like, look, come back to the dealer when we got the chips. I think it's a bold move and hats off. You said it's a, a General Motors Chevrolet, right? Yeah. So yeah. hats off to them because there are people out there like us that are all right. As long as you're guaranteed, you'll put it in. I see what's going on in the world. I recognize that, you know, you guys are going through your, uh, you know, the, the troubles you're going through. But yeah, I want my new truck. I'll take it. Yeah, and I you know what? That. If you're the dealer, you're happy to have somebody come back in for service That's uh, right. to install these chips, hoping you can upsell them on it's, whatever it you is know you what? want to upsell them on. Turning a lemon into lemonade. Good for you guys for doing that in the auto industry. All right, George Kennedy, thank you, sir. Thanks a lot, man. That's it for me, you guys. I got cows. I got chickens. I got llamas. I got alpacas. I got to go take care of them all. See you next week. Discover the 2022 Subaru Forester Wilderness, the second member of the Subaru Wilderness family. Featuring 9.2 inches of ground clearance, standard symmetrical all-wheel drive, and all-terrain tires for increased off-road capability, plus a design that's bold and protective at the same time. The Forester Wilderness unlocks a whole new level of adventure. Discover more at Subaru.com wilderness.